Welcome to the audio podcast, the weekly sermon of the First Presbyterian Church of Brooklyn. We continue our multi-access worship both online in our recently renovated sanctuary. Sunday morning service is in person at 11 a.m. and we are live on firstchurchbrooklyn.org as well as the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Now, this week's message. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Holy God, may you come to us, not only in the reading and hearing of your holy word, but through the power of your Holy Spirit. In Christ's name, I pray. Amen. One ordinary day. In an ordinary synagogue, Jesus and his brand spanking new disciples come to worship. It's what they've always done on any other Sabbath individually, but now they begin to do it together. And Jesus stands to teach, and the questions begin to fly. Who is this? We don't know him. Should we listen to him? He has such authority in what he says. A hush falls over the room as the listeners, now becoming his students, realize they are in the presence of one whose teaching, whose unexpected appearance among them, conveys authority like nothing they've ever seen before. And then chaos erupts in the middle of the teaching. In the middle of the room, right in the center of the sacred space, a challenge to Jesus' authority. A challenge to his power. A challenge to the space itself. What do you want to do with us? A demonic voice demands to know. Sanctuaries are supposed to be safe places and are often considered to be places where everyone, well, where everyone has their stuff together. They look good. They smile. They seem to be in charge of their lives. Nothing out of place here. Heck, they seem to have authority over the very place itself. And yet, the chaos, the evil, appears as out of nowhere invading their peace, their order, the teaching of the one whose authority is beyond, beyond. The crowd doesn't know yet who Jesus is, but the demons do. Have you come to destroy us, they ask. Mark's gospel, Mark's good news, from which we read this story, declares over and over that God is in the flesh in Jesus Christ, come down to live among us, and according to him, Jesus does have authority over those demons, and if he wishes, he can cast the man out of this holy space and cleanse the sanctuary so that that can be restored to its proper holiness. Now, whatever your view of Jesus, whatever your view of miracles and exorcisms, whether this man really is possessed 
or suffering from an illness. Don't miss what Jesus is teaching here in his first lesson to his disciples and to the world. He could have argued with him, but he doesn't. He could have condemned the man for afflicting the holiness of the space and for interrupting his teaching, but he doesn't. He doesn't say, get him out of here. Someone should take him out back and teach him a lesson, as some powerful people might suggest to a crowd when they're interrupted. Jesus does none of those things. Rather, Jesus heals him. Jesus speaks an authoritative word and heals the troubled man. His first act in ministry, his first lesson to his disciples, is a lesson in peacemaking. This peacemaking restores the troubled man. Right in the midst of this sacred community, the man is reinstated and welcomed into their fellowship. I've seen this happen almost exactly as this story says. A woman comes forward who has been troubled for some time. She sits down quietly at the feet of the preacher during the sermon. Whispers are heard. Who is this? Does she not know any better? The preacher finishes the sermon and then with some leaders in the church sits down alongside the woman as the service continues around them. And before long, she's welcomed into membership in that beloved community. This space in which we gather week after week can be a place of healing, of welcome, of restoration, of peace. Now, I assume we bring our chaos in our lives here in this place. The brokenness we carry deep inside, perhaps and even the broken relationship we have with someone who sits on the other side of the sanctuary and we haven't shared the peace of Christ with for way too long. Our hearts can be heavy. Heavy with echoing dissatisfactions that narrow our expectations of God. Oh, the demons we can carry into this space. Oh, and yes, we may not look like it. Isn't that church 101, after all? When someone says, how are you? Even in church, in this space, which beyond all other spaces can be a place of healing, we'll say, fine, even when we're not. It's all around us. It's within us. The chaos, the unnecessary, solitary suffering, the silence, for me, there is hope in Jesus' words and deeds and authority. It can be different. It really can in this space for us, for the world. This healing in the synagogue is like so many other gospel stories, like the one where Jesus is out along the road and a man tries to stop him and call out to him and the disciples say, leave Jesus alone, mind your own place. And Jesus goes over and heals the man. And how about those who are lepers who are forced to live outside the city in caves? They are untouchable and Jesus touches them and restores them to the community. 
Jesus uses his divine authority to reveal, to reveal God's very nature, to heal, to deliver, to lead us into peace, a peace deeply rooted in God's love for us, a peace and love that builds us up together. I believe the people in the synagogue were awed, not only by Jesus' teaching, but by his generous, compassionate, inclusive love of a person who was so different from them. Our scripture readings today lead us into a second sanctuary, this time a sanctuary in Corinth, Corinth was a cosmopolitan seaport. It was a leading commercial city in the empire. The Corinthians were well known to be well educated. They loved to learn. In fact, knowledge was perhaps the principal commodity in which they traded. They knew what they knew. They knew what they believed. And they prized their individualism and their confidence in their beliefs brought disruption and chaos to their sanctuary, to their safe space. Because their individualism, they had different beliefs and they would not bend. Now the disruption in their sacred space was about food that could or could not be eaten by Christians. And in my opinion, the exact argument isn't the point here. Let's just say there were factions with different ideas about what was right and about what was wrong. They took their positions. They embraced the right, correct of theology as they believed it to be. And whichever side of the question they were on, they believed they were right. That their way was the right way, the better way, and perhaps even the more Christian way. The Apostle Paul wades right into this argument. He isn't taking a backseat to anyone when it comes to knowledge and understanding about the faith. He gathers the facts. He lines up his theology. He outlines his point of view. And then he takes a sudden turn. Paul says the wisdom of God is not about facts and information and knowledge, about taking positions. Wisdom, he says, is about love. The kind of love Jesus reveals in his words and in his deeds that's at the heart of God's very being. We all want to be right. We may even pride ourselves on being right. We have our well-practiced habits of gathering information and knowledge from our safe and predictable and trustworthy resources, we believe. I have a friend who says when they get up in the morning, they check the editorial pages of the New York Times to know what to think for the rest of the day. <laughs> what are our sources of knowledge? Are they predictable? Are we inflexible in our facts and in our knowledge and our information and our views? We love to be in the know. Look at us with our cell phones by our bedsides, in our, on our desks, in our pockets, on the table, in the pew. 
We are captives to the world of information at our fingertips. But this is not wisdom. Taking well-researched positions and forming deeply held beliefs is not a simple answer to decide what food Christians should eat or how we should think about any other hot ethical issue of the day. Being right is irrelevant for deep wisdom. Deep wisdom is love for each other. It is rooted in God's love for each of us. Paul's congregation is struggling with diversity. Some of them emphasize this knowledge and others that knowledge. Some have these beliefs and those others. How do we travel the road of faith together? Humble love, Paul says. In my first call to ministry, I had a married couple whose friendship I really valued. They were both lawyers. One was liberal, one was conservative. They were very proud of their work in very different political circles, and I hated arguments. Instead, he preaches love. The humble, gracious, compassionate, inclusive love of God that Jesus revealed. He's calling us to be open and vulnerable as we share our truths with one another, to be respectful and receptive to the truths and insights of others. It's a balance between confidence in our own beliefs and also recognizing we do not have an absolute corner on the truth. We aspire to diversity. So let's allow humble love to lead us into conversations, to surround us in disagreements, to open us to each other's perspectives, trusting above all else that Jesus lived and died and rose again for each and every one of us. What could life be like if love really does build up? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and take a moment of silence and listen for God's word to you. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust you were fed as well as challenged by the content. This audio archive supplements a video library of the entire service. The video, along with music from our internationally recognized gospel choir, is available on firstchurchbrooklyn.org. We provide multi-access worship options both in person and online Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We are live in the sanctuary as well as firstchurchbrooklyn.org and the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Visit firstchurchbrooklyn.org for more information on both online and in-person worship. Remember that now, as always, you are loved.